Hello, interview listeners. It's Jill, your host, with a quick reminder. The content shared in this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not replace medical, psychological, or veterinary care. This applies to all guests and co-hosts. The topics discussed on this show span spiritual and intuitive awareness for people and animals, as well as artistic and inspirational conversations for personal development. I'm not a healthcare professional, nor do I give medical, mental health, or veterinary advice. Please seek the appropriate help if you need to. Thank you. Now, on to the show. you can you hear spirit calling i'm jill your host and this is my intuitively guided podcast where all things mystical spiritually mix and mingle join me for solo episodes as well as one-on-one interviews with other like-minded people in the field of holistic awareness we'll talk about everything from angels to energy work chakras to shamanism crystals to meditation and the psychic nudges only our soul knows Thank you for joining me for another intuitively inspired conversation. Welcome to another episode of Hello Interview, everybody. I'm Jill, your host, and today I'll be talking with my guest, Pat Barone, who's a healer, life coach, and yoga teacher from Madison, Wisconsin. Pat will be sharing her experiences overcoming a debilitating food addiction, childhood trauma, and what it was like to have a kundalini awakening. Thank you so much for being here, Pat, to talk about your very personal stories of addiction recovery and how your healing journey unfolded. We have a lot to cover. Would you mind sharing your backstory a little bit, where you came from, and how you got to where you are today? I was raised by a Native American alcoholic father and a Southern Belle food addict mother. So to give you an idea of my family history, my heredity, my father was one of the last of his family to be born on a reservation. And my mother's father was the last of his family to be born on a plantation. It was a situation infused with all kinds of defective coping mechanisms, limiting beliefs. One of my parents was destructive. The other was hopeless in that fainting, swooning victimish way that Southern women of the past behaved. Both were violent. My reaction was creativity. That became my focal point as I grew up. I became an artist, a filmmaker, and a writer journalist in college. And then I fled to New York to get a master's degree in filmmaking at NYU. Once I was working at the edges of the film industry after receiving my master's, I became miserable when my sensitive nature was confronted with the patriarchal world of the film business. I was demeaned and abused. I was sexually assaulted. It was nothing like, of course, what I expected. I was incredibly naive about that world. And I kept sinking deeper and deeper into this food addiction, which I felt started about the age of 10. And by putting on weight, I was subconsciously hoping to deter the aggressors in the industry where I worked. And I was also becoming desperately out of touch with my body. 
This condition of being outside your body is one that many people experience, especially today. We're in such an intellectual age and everything is about the mind and we're constantly running our minds. I call it the monkey mind. It's just constantly running with all kinds of information, all kinds of queries, which don't have anything to do with what we're really up to in our lives. A friend of mine in the film industry asked me to a healing class. We were both kind of struggling with a lot of the same things, but he had been in this healing group for a couple of years and a spot opened up. And so from the age of 25 or 26, healing was my focus. I only realized that later, of course, in hindsight, when I was invited to this class, I didn't quite know what I was getting into. Fast forward through the rest of my time in New York, I wound up in Madison, Wisconsin, where I was raising my young son, but still struggling with the food addiction which had survived all of these modalities, all of these things I had thrown at the addiction. It had survived talk therapy, various sorts of healing, deep forgiveness work, all kinds of workshops on the dark side and dragging that out, forgiving the transgressors in my past, working on parental ties. And yet the addiction was still alive. Deep down, of course, I believed I couldn't cope without food. It was my medication and it was constant. At this point, I had a lot of health issues. I was borderline diabetic. And the 250 pounds that I was carrying prevented me from really enjoying life. There were a lot of activities I couldn't do. It inhibited my confidence. It made it very difficult to keep up with a two-year-old. It's different for everyone, of course. But I'm talking about my experience. And for me, it felt like I was in there somewhere inside the body. You've heard people say, I feel beside myself I'm beside myself. Well, that was me. I was always beside myself. I was on a leash walking behind my body. My body was out in the world doing things, and I was completely somewhere else. One of the things that made me decide to heal was my son. Uh, you will hear people say over and over that you can't change for someone else. You have to do it for yourself. And I can see that wisdom, but I healed for my son. He was an angel to me. He was. He always has been my greatest teacher. I have this theory that we don't teach our children, they teach us. They drag us into the future. We don't even know if we want to go there or not. But they're already in the future. They are so much ahead of us. And I knew this bright, amazing, funny child didn't deserve the kind of childhood that, that I grew up in. I also didn't want him to witness me as a role model just stuffing my face instead of solving my problems. I found my excess weight pushed me over the edge into a kind of victim mentality. And there were many things to blame for my situation, but I was helpless in all of this. During a two-week span of time, three people told me to seek out a particular healer. And this healer, Paul Ditchite, had been working for almost 40 years as a healer, and he immediately recognized when I walked in the door that I wasn't in my body. And that was my really big first confirmation from another person that you could not be in there. And I had had a couple of two very traumatic events in my life where I felt myself leave my body and almost die. And I thought that I had come back in, that that was in the past. But my food addiction and my excess weight was a buffer so that I didn't have to feel my body. I would become numb over and over throughout the day. I could eat something and not tell you if it disagreed with my body. I could overeat and not feel anything. And I could roll in shame 
And I couldn't even name that emotion that I was feeling. So it was a huge buffer for me. I always seem to have the viewpoint of hovering in the corner of a room, looking down at myself at a distance. And as I healed, I had a more and more profound experience of creeping my way into a conscious life. And I began to live from within the body. And eventually I felt my soul awaken as I went through that kundalini emergence. It was a profound shift for me in the way that I view everything. As you're describing your story, I'm feeling a roller coaster of emotions. I believe many women and men go through these times in their lives when they're feeling hopeless. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for being so open to share those experiences because it's in the sharing of the stories you not only heal yourself, but you allow other people to feel that they're not alone. Yes, you're welcome. When you got to the place within the film industry and you found out it's not what you signed up for, did this then re-trigger things from your youth and you then knew that you had to deal with this on your healing path? That's an interesting question. You know, we have magical thinking when we're young. And especially, it seems to me, the harsher our environment is, the more we have magical thinking because we so want to escape. The truth is, of course, I was still me. And I expected this great change. I expected the film industry to be exciting. I expected it to be creative. There was just all of these things tied up in it. And I had a great love for film. It was this expectation that I had that drew me there. And yet, of course, not a lot changed. I found myself in another abusive situation unhealthy, ego-ridden situation or industry that had all of the earmarks of my home life. So that negativity that was still needing to be cleared in your body, your mind, your soul, and then attracting the same things over and over, did you find that it took longer for you to shed the weight and also then dealing with your feelings at the same time within the experience? I did. I lost weight several times. Um, At that point, I didn't realize a lot of scientific facts about weight. And so I was always surprised when it came running right back. That whole yo-yo dieting thing had gotten me. And I just didn't comprehend it. I just thought it was something that needed to change in me or something to change, period. It was still out there. It wasn't in me. I didn't realize that my thoughts, my mindset, my attitude about myself, Uh, My deep feeling about myself as a human being, I didn't realize those were involved in weight. The traditional ways of solving weight, of course, don't solve weight because there's no deep inner change. There's no sustainability. So yes, I would lose weight and then I would feel incredibly vulnerable. I would be frightened of all the things I was feeling when I wasn't eating. And most, I think, of what I was afraid of was in me. Not Yes, I was in kind of a Uh, difficult industry to to make your way in, for sure, especially for a woman, especially for a woman with no contacts, family, anything in the industry. It was incredibly hard. But that wasn't really my obstacle as much as me being disconnected at that point. And if you don't face those things, then the weight will come right back because you need it. As I made my way through, I discovered that I was sentient. Some people are clear audience. They will hear things. They get a message. They hear somebody's voice talking. They may also hear other entities talking. They might, in effect, be channeling another entity, a spirit, guide, a saint, 
something like that. But being clairsentient is a little different because what happens is when I get down into a soul awareness state, and I did go into training with my healer to learn this, when I get down into a soul awareness state, it's an altered state of consciousness where I feel in my body what's happening in your energy field. I might feel a great sadness or heaviness at the heart right away. Yesterday, I was working in a healing session, and the minute I dropped down, I call it dropping down into soul awareness state, I felt this great, giant, harsh, metal-like clamping at my head. And I knew that's what needed to be healed that day in my clients. So along the way of healing myself, not having anything to do with the food addiction here, that's how I became aware of all of these energies inside of us. And that's how I crept my way back into my body was through sentience, was through feeling body sensations. And that was quite profound for me because as I said, I had always medicated any of those feelings. You know, I felt a headache, I ate. I felt grumpy, I ate. That was just the medication for everything. Right, so once you identified what that feeling was, being aware and being very empathic, all of these things that you could tap into, would you say that's what you were doing as a child and also as a young adult and getting the downloads of intuitive information that made you more hypersensitive to everything else? Absolutely. Point in time, of course, nobody talked about highly sensitive people. Nobody thought about being empathic in the way that we do today. You know, it's much more, thankfully, it's much more talked about. It's much more common. I can identify with that as well as in terms of receiving information as a child and not knowing what to do with it, thinking maybe this is strange, maybe because we're trying to fit into how we want the world to see us and we don't want to make it more difficult than it needs to be. Then we modify ourselves to fit into the world's dynamic. So as you were working with this healer, did you find that it was a way to finally shed the emotions that were holding you so inside of yourself? And can you share a little bit more about that? The feelings, the emotions came to me with the healings. It was very interesting. And I can't even describe, I'm sure I have it in my journals, all of the different healings that I did throughout three or four years. Go, I would feel a particular restriction or a big, heavy piece of something in my body or a wound. As my healer was working on that, raising the vibration on that, the emotions attached to it would come with it. So I might not even know what that wound felt like. I remember a wound at my side once. And as he was working on it, I felt it sort of integrating back into itself. All of these emotions from my childhood came up. I recognized them as distinct emotions that I had felt when I was beaten down and literally beaten in my childhood. All of the emotion with it would come out too. So... When we do suppress, for whatever reason, maybe we are highly sensitive and we're suppressing our feelings because other people don't like them or we're too big or we're too loud. Whatever reason we push them back down inside, that becomes a block or a scar or an energy stoppage that eventually needs to be healed. And of course, I didn't feel it in the beginning. My first few sessions, I didn't feel anything. And then slowly I began to drop back down, drop closer and closer to my body start to feel things. And like I said, the the emotions became clear to me with the healings. After a healing, I would notice that 
was still there and I kind of felt that emotion and I understood it was part of my life, but I wasn't real attached to it anymore, you know? From working with Reiki for so many years and other energy modalities, I can understand this process of when you're releasing what needs to be released. Sometimes the awareness of how big it was doesn't happen for several days and then things begin to change. Did you see your life experiences begin to line up differently when you were clearing the energy? I did, and I saw how they all worked together. You know, you mentioned not feeling anything for maybe a week later. Yeah, sometimes it was the next healing before I realized that had become connected to something else. Did your clairs kick up even more in your intuitive awareness, and did everything become more sharpened? Yes, as I moved along, definitely I became more and more aware. You're talking about somebody who didn't feel her body at all. I was just a block of numbness. That long journey of coming back into and feeling that true sensitivity that I had, was it was quite a process. And the only thing I knew is that I knew there was something else for me. I was capable of happiness. I knew I was capable of feeling free in the world to be myself. And you mentioned earlier about your son being your angel, being the person you wanted to be better for in the best possible of ways. Would you say that this was all working the way that it should be? I'm not sure when I got that realization, how far along the path I did, but I did get a sense things were unfolding. My awareness was growing, that I was learning, that I was curious, and I was following those things. I think that full sense that you describe of knowing that things are kind of as they should be and there's a certain energy in the universe that's helping you along. I think that didn't come until more closer to my Kundalini awakening. Could you share how that happened in your journey and and what that felt like and where it took you? Yes. Again, as I mentioned, I was training as a healer. I was training for four years. In the process of this training, I experienced an earth merge which means a tremendous amount of grounding coming into the body. And that was the first time I felt I could stay in my body. Once that occurred, I felt like I could stay and get back to my grounding at any time. And then I think that happened either right before or right after I began my training. I was working with a lot of different healers. There were five other people in my class, and we were all working on each other. And went through a lot of huge healings for everybody. It was fascinating. At one point... I realized how much clearing I had done, and my energy was flowing pretty nicely. And wherever I had found a scar or a block or something in a chakra in the energy field, it had been cleared. And I was moving. And at this point, I had long since left my weight problem behind. My son was thriving. It seemed as though that was all part of it, this sort of coalescence of the energy in my life. I also became aware that I had like a block of concrete right at the top of my It was heavy. I couldn't feel my way through that energy and became the focal point of my healing journey. So I began to work on it. And I had a lot of different healings on that crown chakra, which rests right above the head. I also started walking. At some point I was walking like almost two hours every night after work, just feeling where I was with this energy. And at the same time, having healings too in class. What I started to feel were little pinpoints breaking through that rock-like energy. And these little pinpoints of light go up, kind of like a crown. And I also got the sensation that it was getting lighter and lighter. 
when I actually had the Kundalini awakening, I had five healers working on me in my class. And the energy started at my feet as it always does. And it pushed all the way through my body, out the top of my head. And I felt that crack open. It was just a tremendous amount of light, energy, vibration. If you had a little frequency meter and you're turning it up, so that that vibration was getting higher and higher and higher. That's what it felt like. It was very deep. It was very profound. This is the interesting part. It became light in my body. After all those years of being so overweight and struggling to hide somewhere, my body became very light and I, my hands flew out to the sides. My palms were up and I could feel the energy through every single cell in my body. And I lifted up off the table, the massage table that I was lying on. And I just hovered in space and felt the most miraculous feeling I had ever felt in my life. Truly something beyond any of my dreams. I didn't know a whole lot about this at that point in terms of how it would feel and the power of it. It sounds like it's hard to describe because it's so profound. And then afterwards, after the experience, did you have a healing reaction? Could you describe how your life shifted and how you saw things after that? I felt myself as a soul, not just as a body. I saw all this vast interweb of restrictions that our conditioning brings to us. I saw this myth of normal. I saw freedom. I saw myself as completely unique in my own energetic makeup. But I was also part of everything and everyone. My body buzzed on a different high, high frequency. In coaching, we have a term for a wide angle view of life. We call it the big picture. Instead of getting so down in the minutiae, how do we look at it from the big picture perspective? That's like what happened when I got zapped, right? I was just zapped into big picture mode. And all that energy and light went on for a long time. My mindset and my perspective changed on my life, on the world, especially, as I said, on all of these restrictions that are put on us, all these no's, all this guilt and shame, all this having to behave in a particular way. And that's a heavy, heavy restriction to live with for anybody. It's the tipping point, it sounds like, when you've just simply had enough and you need to shed, you need to change, you need to modify somehow with the help of healers to shift your energy. If people are interested in wanting to have a kundalini awakening, is that something you can choose or is that something that chooses you? I think that you can be aware of it and intend for it. And you can be completely oblivious of what it even is and it can happen. There's different experiences for everybody. I've had a client who was a longtime meditator and simply was working on being connected and grounded, that kind of thing. For 30 years, she was a meditator. And then one day... Boom. And she had a kundalini experience, truly didn't know what it was. I've also had a client who was about 61 or two, I think, when this happened. By the way, this kundalini experience tends to happen later in life in America, in the United States, where we have a lot of restrictions, as I mentioned, a lot of mental ideas. In other parts of the world, they're taught that it will happen at some point for them. And it's not a big deal. It's just part of your spiritual growth. Here, we don't talk about it. There have been books and books and books written about it. We still feel kind of guarded about it. It's kind of a fearful thing for a lot of people. Anyway, my client took the perfect golf shot one day. As he struck the ball and the club flew over his shoulder, he experienced this rush of energy and burst into tears. 
And he thought it was because he hit the perfect golf shot. He was on a rocky, craggy tee, and then down below was the green, and it was all very beautiful to him. And he stood there kind of vibrating and shaking and crying and looking down at this beautiful green valley that was beneath him until his golf mates started to kind of chide him and say, oh, okay, it was a good shot, but, you know, we can stop admiring it now. Would you say that if you're moving your physical body, that's a way that the kundalini energy can move up through your chakras and then release what you need to because it's sort of like starting the engine? You have to be grounded. That's why sometimes I think it does happen with movement because that's when we're in the body and feeling it. I agree that you have to be grounded so that the energy continues to move 100%. How does the life coaching aspect come into play with all of your experiences? Coaching had taken me to a certain point of change in my life with my weight and other things because it really gets into the mental realm, right? Goals and progress and seeing the future and all that kind of thing. Fulfillment. A lot of coaching is about fulfillment in life, our values, our purpose, what's happening there in that realm. So I was already a coach, but this took me more into the healer realm. And of course, they combine and cross over a lot too. One of the things that I wanted to mention with being grounded is that when a golfer takes a shot, he better be grounded. So it's the grounding that's so important. My client that was a meditator, super grounded, and that has to be established first. That energy channel is right in front of the spine, and it goes right up through the body and out the top of the head from the tip of the spine, the coccyx, all the way up and out of the body. It twists and turns along the way. It makes a few circles. You know, it's very playful energy. It sounds like such a natural process for stagnant energy to leave the body in this way. It also sounds like being a kundalini yoga teacher, as well as having had a kundalini awakening, has given you a broad perspective within energy work. I just want to make a distinction that kundalini yoga and kundalini awakening aren't necessarily connected. A lot of people think they'll step into a yoga class and they'll immediately have this experience and they might not be prepared for it or it might be a fearful thing for them. As I described in my own journey, there's lots of steps to go through as we clear an energy field. We all have impacted our energy field with a lot of things from the outside world and inside ourselves, in our own psychology, in our own neurosis. We've created all kinds of energies within, anxieties, things like that. I did not find the kundalini yoga until after this experience. I didn't even know it existed. It is a mystical yoga. It works on the energy. You will always feel some energy moving in a class. You'll feel some lightning. You might feel some healings happening. You might feel yourself shifting. It's a beautiful, beautiful yoga. And what's really cool about it is you do move your body. And then you have a deep relaxation stretch. And then you have meditation. All these things combine, again, to kind of take us into a little bit of a different soul-centered realm. And I just absolutely love it. I agree. I love kundalini yoga. And thank you for explaining the difference between this and a kundalini awakening. This takes me to my next question. What are your offerings and where can people take a class? I teach kundalini both online for those not in the Madison area and in person. I teach at a studio on Midvale Boulevard near the Beltline. Very easy to find right in the center of Madison. I teach on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock every week. The website has the, the listings about classes and things like that. I have people online every week from New York and Florida and 
out west. It sounds like you offer a great combination of things, whether it's life coaching, soul awareness healing, and kundalini yoga instruction. Could you describe what you offer in terms of the soul awareness healing and the coaching? Yes, to make the distinction, coaching and soul awareness healing are different modalities. The coaching, I can do by Zoom. I've worked internationally with a lot of people. The coaching is sort of like a personal trainer for your life. It's getting into action. It's getting some goals going. It's learning about yourself. It's opening up. And so that is a little bit separate work. Sometimes they combine. Sometimes a client will tell me, I want both. So we'll do a hybrid of them. The soul awareness sessions themselves, the healing modality, that takes me some time to get into in a session. And what happens, they're about 50 minutes long. We'll talk a little bit, see what might be happening with you. I'll drop into that soul awareness state. Takes me a couple of minutes. And then I begin to feel the blocks, the scars, the wounds, the knots, you know, all those difficulty and tightnesses that are in the client's body. And we find which one wants to be healed first. One will always light up more than another. And then we will work on that one. And there's a questioning that goes back and forth as we deepen into the client's body, their experience, their sensations. And maybe they will connect the feeling that they're having or this particular energy that we're trying to release. They will connect that to something in their life or an experience or a memory or something. That doesn't always happen. Sometimes it's just like, we don't know where this came from, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't belong here. We want it to release. So the soul awareness sessions are quieter, more of an experiential experience than the coaching. Do you still work with your own healer to stay grounded and clear? And would you say this personal work is always ongoing in a way like all of our life experiences are? Yes, I do. I think that every healer needs a healer, as they say. And even since the Kundalini awakening, I found some deeper levels of energy that I've needed to work on and release a lot of trauma, which I had not admitted before and some karma. And those were deeper things that I went on to work on and continue to work on. It's a fascinating journey, but I could not have designed this. I saw myself as a creative person working in film. That was my big dream. And yet this is like better than a film. This is real. You are affecting change collectively. We're all moving energy together when we tap into our awareness on so many levels. And it sounds like such a transformational process, such an important thing to do. I know that when a person does kundalini yoga specifically, it helps to release the stagnant energy in our subconscious mind. What would you say to people to encourage them on their healing path if they're feeling stuck? Just to accept and be vulnerable and realize we don't have all the answers, but we feel the discomfort and to start to identify with that concept that this is not mine. That's one of the things that becomes really clear as you begin to heal. Like, yes, these energies are stuck in me, or I have this wound from this relationship, or I was stabbed in the back by a coworker at one point that ruined my career. I mean, there's all kinds of stories that come out behind them all, but those energies are not natural to your field. And if you can start to think of them in a gentle way and loosen up, the first steps are just to loosen up the tight grip of the mind on some of the events in life and some of the wounds. For instance, second chakra work with 
women that have survived sexual assault or rape. And there's energy in there that has to be released to, to be able to truly heal and be vibrant. It sounds like it can be done in a gentle way that allows us to release what's not supposed to be there anymore so that we become that better version of ourselves and to be more aware in the moment that we're ready for change. Would you say that's kind of the path that happens? I would describe it as that the soul is calling. It's always calling. And we can do a great deal of ignoring it or not understanding it. That's how we are taught to deal with things in our culture. I mean, you just have to look out at social media. We're the great pretenders here at this point in time in our particular evolution. That doesn't cut it. Do you know what I mean? Just pretending it's not there or that you don't need it or you don't need to know your soul. You don't need to feel connected. That's not going to cut it. It's going to come back around and around and around until you see it. It's very true. I thank you so much for everything you shared today. Is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners before we let everybody know how to find you and how to connect with you? I really welcome the chance to talk about this because like I said, it's not common conversation in our culture, but healing is freeing to your soul, to your spirit, to feel that enormous energy that is in our souls. That is such a gift and it's worth everything. It's worth much more than the things that we put value on. It's the ultimate valuable lesson. I also want to make the point that everybody can heal. Uh, It's within our potential. If it's within our potential, it's there for a reason. And it's just such a gift. And I'm happy to talk about it. I'm thankful to you for opening the conversation and allowing me to share some of these experiences. And just my belief in every single person being this incredible soul and that that connection is really what's going to take us forward as a species. Ready or not, here we come, energy. It's shifting. Get in the boat and ride that wave so that we're prepared. And I just have to say how you just described everything, Pat. I couldn't have said it better myself. Beautifully said, sharing some very tough things. And yet in the sharing, I think we can identify with those emotions a little bit more and be able to talk about it. The conversation around releasing energy, around experiences that you didn't cause in your life that just happened to you, and also the experiences that change you as a person. Thank you so much for being here today to talk about all of this and all of the great work that you do. Could you let the listeners know where they can find you and the best way to get a hold of you? Yes. Well, all of my healing work is on a website called the soulheals.com. The Kundalini Yoga is there, the Nidra Yoga, which is a different modality of guided meditation, which I do. That's online every Tuesday, and that's there. The healing sessions, some information about the Kundalini Awakening, all of that is contained on thesoulheals.com. And then the coaching work that I do is on patbarone.com, simply my name.com. And my business there is Catalyst Coaching. And that's a longer standing business that I was already working in. I have a newsletter where I give out the schedule every single Monday. I'll just post the schedule. So you can always contact me and have yourself put on the, the newsletter list. And that is at Pat Barone, P A T B as in boy, A R O N E, at earthlink.net. And if you shoot me an email, then I'll be happy to put you on that list and you'll get the yoga schedule every week in case there's a week of vacation or 
or something like that going on, or if there's workshops. And that's a great way to stay in touch. Awesome. Thank you so much. I will also have that information in the show notes for everybody to have a reference for. I just want to thank you again for joining us today for this conversation, for inspiring, for sharing the tough as well as the beautiful, because again, it's that combination of everything. And I just appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. All right. We'll talk again very soon. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you to everyone who's rated and reviewed the show. I really appreciate your support. And if you've enjoyed the episode, tell a friend. Remember, new episodes of Hello Interview drop every Wednesday. And if you're interested in learning more about the podcast, intuitive wellness services, or my art, simply go to hellointerview.com. Thanks so much for joining me, and we'll talk again soon. Until then, let your love light shine, everybody. Take care.